Well, we uh, are in the fourth part of this series that we have just called Green Thumb. Because around here, we're about cultivating a life of growth. That's what we want. That's our, uh, the Ecclesiastes tell us that the two can't walk together unless they agree. You and I can't do life together long term unless we agree on a few things. And we've decided we're just going to boil it down to some simple stuff. And we've really pretty much decided we're going to boil it down to one thing. If we can agree on this, we're going we're to be able to do life together. And that's the fact that we're going to keep our hearts open and we're going to have a desire to grow. We're going to be a move forward kind of people. That we're going to grow in Christ. So if we're going to do that, then we want to do that as efficiently and effectively as possible. So that's what this series has been about. Is let's look and let's examine the things that help us to kind of get unstuck in some areas we may be stuck in. Let's, let's hit some turbo in some areas we're already going in. And let's grow a little bit more together. And so we had already looked at the fact that prayer is essential. We've got to keep prayer rolling in our lives. We've got to keep the word, this Bible stuff, that it's not just this religious book that it's just nice to know. This is true life for us. It is true nourishment to us. Last week we talked about fellowship that... Whether you like it or not, all those obnoxious Christians that rub you the wrong way, we need each other. We need each other. We grow best together when we're connected with other believers. That's just the way God created it to work. That's when we stay connected to the body is when the body works right. And then this week, we're talking about this concept of sharing our faith, of, of being not inward focus but outward focus we've just called it seeding with this kind of you know cultivation idea but that you know plants produce some sort of seed they they reproduce they they put they make other little plants go out there and uh, so that's what we want to be about part of us living a full life and keeping us growing it's a healthy thing it's a good thing for that tree to produce fruit with seed in it it's a good thing for that grass to produce its little seed that's what it's it's made to do that and we are made to do the same thing so let's crack open your notes get your iphone out or any of your stuff that you're using i love it that people are using the U version thing there's a few little bonuses in there you can do some polls and some questions do your prayer requests on there and um so if you got that, we're, we're going to get cruising. So the, this first concept, we've kind of been chewing on this for a few weeks, that in the pursuit of cultivating a life defined by growth, that there are some key pieces that help our lives to flourish. And sharing our God story with others is one of those things. That's all sharing your faith is. It's, it's, you've got a God story. You've got one. If you have made a decision for Christ, you've got one. Say, well, my, I've heard some others, and those, those people really got some God stories. And I'm just, you know, I kind of came to know God at, you know, at the early age, and I barely remember it. You know, I was like seven, and, and uh, you know, and, and I've been in church all my life. I don't have this big, you know, prodigal son experience. I don't have this big God story. You've got a God story. You have one. And see, this, it, all this is is... This whole concept of witnessing or sharing our faith is just being open with it. It's not keeping that part of our life sequestered from everything else. 
You know, we talk about, you know, which, uh, which is our co- favorite college football team. And we talk about that and have conversations about that. We talk about our, you know, our favorite NFL teams or our favorite place to eat or d- these different pieces of our life. All sharing your faith is, is allowing for that piece of your life to be worthy to have a conversation with somebody about. That's all it is. It isn't this big, heavy, scary thing. See, Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. First for the Jew and then for the Gentile, with all, everybody that's not Jews. It is the power of God for us. And we need to get to that place that when God opens a door, when all of a sudden there's this easy opportunity to begin to talk about our God story, we don't get all clammed up and you know, and, and skirt that and go, whoosh. Man, I just almost had to talk about God. Woo! How about them cowboys? We'll talk about something else. That we seize opportunities when they come up. That's all that we're talking about. And again, because this concept of witnessing or sharing our faith is simply telling others what God has done in our lives. See, I grew up and uh, when I, where I was uh, in college, we thought that if you were going to share your faith, you, you just had to get r- real crazy aggressive about it. And um, so, you know, we did stuff at ASU, like we'd have a whistle and get in the free speech area. I don't know how you can have an area that's defined where you can have free speech. We'd get the whistle and stand in the free speech area outside the academic building and whoo, blow the whistle. And man, and we'd just preach, just preach, preach, preach. And... Um, you know, had nobody make a decision for Christ that way. Uh, thankfully, didn't have anybody like punch me in the face either. So that was, uh, we considered that a win. Um, you know, spent time out on the drag. Back when the Roosevelt Hotel downtown was open um, in one of the seediest places in town, then uh, I foolishly decided to load up a van load of 13 to 15 year olds and go knock doors in the Roosevelt Hotel where there are, you know, needles and all this stuff and had parents demanding that the pastor fire me and it was exciting stuff. He loved me enough not to fire me and understood I was excited about the right things, doing them the wrong way. And, um, but, but we had this concept that, man, if you weren't like all crazy aggressive about it, if you weren't getting in people's faces, if you didn't have a megaphone on the street corner, then you somehow you weren't doing it right. Man, we turned, we turned witnessing or sharing our faith into this full contact sport. Like this adrenaline junkie. We'd get all psyched up and then we'd go hit the streets and just do more damage than good. I got a little video show that... This doesn't have to be a full contact sport. There's this video that's going to show up in a minute. It's going to be a guy on a park bench. He's going to be wearing a helmet. That's exciting. You want to act it out? Yeah. I like this video, too. I'm a major fan. It's not there. Okay. Well, it's not there. It's called Witness Ola. Like Motorola. It's Witness Ola. All right. Never mind. At any rate, we had technical difficulty. Um, no happening. Um, 
Anyways, but it doesn't have to be. Ba- oh, I'll, I'll just tell you about it. Um, there's this guy, and he's decided he wants to win it, and he's got this, the, this, this preacher who's got the, he's like the coach and got the walkie-talkie in the, over behind the tree, and he's got the helmet, you know, like the quarterback does that they're speaking into his ear, and he's giving him all of the, the signals. But somehow there ends up two conversations taking place, one with the guy whose heart is opening up and one with the guy who a bird just pooped in his coffee. And uh, those conversations, they don't go well together. And so, anyways, at some point we'll watch the video. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. Now, sometimes you've got to take aggressive measures. Sometimes you've got to do some things. There was one point that, uh, um, that honestly, I had, I had missed some opportunities. There was a guy that lived a few apartments down from me, and... Um, that we had missed, I had missed some opportunities to talk to this guy. I had, uh, had heard rumors that he was uh, um, in the end stages of, of his life coming to an end. He had had AIDS, and he was in, in full-blown uh, full AIDS, and um, had had some other real drama in his life, and he was narrowly avoiding, um, honestly, being, uh, going to jail for embezzlement. And uh, the, his life coming to an end, he just, he just went, just went the wrong way. And um, had seen him around, and he had talked to my wife, but any time I showed up, he'd just hide. He'd just run back into his, into his apartment. And um, so I had avoided somehow having this, and God was just really laying this, this guy on my heart that I needed to, to, to share with this man. And I uh, come home from, from work one day, and there he is on his porch, and he's on his little, has his little patio set, it has a pillow on it, and he is... He just looked like a human skeleton. I mean, his, his muscles had completely deteriorated. It's just, he just looked like a human skeleton. It was one of the most sad things I had ever seen. And he was just sitting. Uh, his clothes just hung on him, and he was sitting on his porch. And I was like, oh, okay, man, this guy just has days. He just has days left. And um, I, don't, I don't know where he's at with, with God. And, um, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's you know, not necessarily making Bible line decisions, um, and so we're we want to make some make make sure and uh, go in, spend some time in prayer. Ready? I'm going to go have this conversation with him on the porch, and he's gone. He had gone inside, he's had the little windows on, and so I called Brandon Moore and said, "Hey, bud, I, I really want to talk to this guy," and um, so knock on his door, and he won't he won't come to the door, and I see his bedroom light turn off. And so um, it was awkward. It was weird. The cop showed up. <laughs> um, um, but I, I, just, I just started talking to him through his window. And he said, Bud, you know, I, I know you're in there, and uh, I know that you've only got a couple of days left, and uh, I just want you to know that uh, I don't know who's told you what, but, um, man, God's, God's not mad at you. That, uh, and shared with him that... Uh, God was ready to, to forgive him and embrace him, open arms, and that he could, he could you know, the, end his life knowing that he was in a right place. And uh, um, anyways, the, we, we got it. Okay. And um, anyways, and so we're, we, we have this conversation, and right as I go ahead and, and say the prayer and pause and allow him, I have no idea what's happening on the other side. I still don't know to this day what happened on the other side of it. And, um, and just three days later, he, he passed. And so he, 
he was gone. And, uh, but sometimes, sometimes you do have to take uh, aggressive measures. But that's, it's, that, that should be the, the, the not norm. God opens up opportunities for us all the time. And they, we do have the video. We do have it. I didn't make it up. I didn't dream it up. Let's watch this video. So, if you died today, do you know where you'd go? A cemetery? After that. I mean the afterlife. Guess not. Well, the Bible says that all men have fallen short, but you can still be saved if you burn up your wicked sleighs. Turn from your wicked ways, you idiot. You're an idiot. You just called him an idiot. You're not an idiot. Jesus loves you. But if you fuss with your spouse no, and believe in Pop-Tarts... Believe in your heart. Look. Tell him all his sins will be forgiven. Your sins will be forgiven. I think a bird just pooped in my coffee. God could forgive me of my sins? Can you believe that? No way. Must have been a, a pelican. Uh, I thought no sin was so bad that he can't forgive. It's filled up my mug. That's a big load of poo. Now you can share the gospel without the inconvenient hassle of actually learning it yourself. Hello, dope. So many people are intimidated of opening their mouths and sharing the other because they think they have to have everything laid out, that they have to know all of the little answers. Well, what if they ask me this? Well, what if they ask me that? I need to know all of this stuff before I open up my mouth. No, all you have to know is what you know, what God has done for you. That's all God requires of us to share. It's the same way we call this, also we call this witnessing and giving our testimony. And we understand that in our world, there's the, we, we use those words in church and we use those words in the courtroom. And the concept is the exact same. That the witness gets up there and their testimony is simply to tell what they know. They don't have to answer every other question that anybody else has to have. All they have to share is what they know. And when you and I embrace the fact that that's, that's all we have to do. That when somebody asks us a question we don't know, it's cool to say, I don't know. There are times, that, I mean, I've been studying the Bible for years and years and years. And there, every once in a while people ask me stuff and I'm like, uh, dude, I don't know. Let me, let me study that. Let me look at that. And so we have to be willing to know that that's okay to say we don't know and not just make something up on the fly or try to piece something together, but just be willing to say, I don't know, and just be willing to open up our hearts and to share with others. See, 1 Corinthians 2 says, When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. You know, so many times we may, God may put somebody on your heart and you're like, God, won't you send somebody that's just super smart and, and can talk really good? And wait a minute, they're on, they're on your heart. God, God put them on your heart. Like, God, I'm not that smooth with any of this. I don't, I don't know what to say. Just be willing to open up. You simply tell what you know. Let's look at this. John chapter 9. Here it is with the Jesus had, had healed a, a person born blind. Pharisees are all freaking out about it, trying to get to the bottom of this miracle thing. And um, here we are. We pick up in uh, verse 19. And this is the Pharisees saying, is this your son? They asked. Is this the one that 
you say was born blind. How is it that he can now see? And parents answered, we, we know he is our son, and we know he was born blind, but how he can now see or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He's of age. He'll speak for himself. And his parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for already the Jews had decided that anyone who had acknowledged that Jesus was the Christ would be kicked out of the synagogue. You acknowledge that Jesus is the Messiah, boom, you're out of here, you're gone. Parents didn't want that. They're like, they're kicking their son, kicking it to their son. You talk to him. So that was why his parents said, ask, <coughs> he is of age, ask him. And a second time, they've already talked to this guy once. And the second time they summoned the man who had been blind and said, give glory to God. You know this man is a sinner. And boy, they're just trying to get him to just agree with whatever. And then he replied, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. They're trying to get him off track and get him to try to answer that question. It's like, dude, I don't know that one. I, I don't know if Jesus is a sinner or not. I, that, that part, I, I can't help you with. He <clears throat> says, but one thing I do know, I was blind and now I see. That was what he was able to share that was what he was able to bring to the table see you know what god has done in your life some of you god has just has just 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 you know set you free and and have have put you on a, on a better path some of you were on the verge of ending your life and that God came in and not only saved your eternal life, but your mortal existence as well. Some of you were bound in habits and, and, and different addictions, and God set you free from those things. People can ask you different questions. Well, what about this? Or what about that? Or, you know, what, did God made the chicken or the egg first. And you're like, I don't know about the chicken and the egg. What I know is I once was bound up, and now I'm not. And it's because of Jesus. That is all we have to do, folks. We just have to be willing to share our part of the God story. I love this out of 2 Samuel 14. And, and um, uh, it says that this is a, a woman res responding to David. And it says, but God does not take away life. Instead, he devises ways so that a banished person may not remain estranged from him. God doesn't take away life. He devises. He's thinking up ways. He's making plans on how a banished and a way, a disconnected person can be brought close to him. Is it hard to believe that God is thinking up ways to use what he's done in your life to help reconnect somebody else with him? That in the tool bag that he has to piece together some of these plans, some of what he's devising, what he is, these schemes, these holy schemes God's cooking up and putting together, is it crazy to think that he might want to use something he did in you out of your own mouth to share with somebody else to help connect them? I don't think it is. I don't think it's a crazy thing. I think that is part of, that's what makes this explosive effect of what God has done on the kingdom. That's why there were just a handful of people on the other side of the planet that God did something wonderful and crazy in their lives. And 2,000 years later, us 
all this time later on the other side of the world are talking about it. Why? Because it was shared. It was shared. Somebody dared to open their mouth and talk about their God story. See, Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. And Romans 10 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone! Everyone! Everyone. So let's, let's just be willing to let God be a connection to one of these everyones through us. And say, God, you know, I'm not a bullhorn on the corner guy, but I'm a, I can have coffee and just talk kind of guy. I'm a, I can, you know, interchange some emails or some texts kind of person. God, you can use my story. It says, how then can they call on the one in whom they have believed? And how can they believe in the one that they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Now, we've got a question, and if you're doing the U version thing, um, of asking, how did you come to place your faith in Christ? Well, maybe was it through your parents? Was it through a church service or a camp or a retreat-type experience or, or something else? Just if, you, if you're on there, I'd, I'd just really like to know and kind of see, because God used different things. Maybe it was a friend who was just willing to share. And, um, but what we have to understand is that as, as we are going through and in the retelling of what God has done in our own lives, other folks, they're not the only ones benefiting. We are reminding ourselves of the impact that God's love and grace has had in our lives. And it causes us to overcome. It is the equivalent of walking down memory lane with God. We begin to share all of these experiences and, and inviting people into that key relationship in our lives. I mean, it doesn't take long somebody hang around the Clark household and they're going to start hearing Clark stories about this happening when this person was little or this happening yesterday or, or any of these different things. It's just part of it. You just begin to, to share the story. And it's, it's, we enjoy sharing the story with somebody else as much as hopefully they enjoy hearing it and, and being included in it. But it is this wonderful, mutual, life-giving experience. It's not like there's something that you pour out and it taxes you and it blesses them. This is something that if, that's why it helps us to grow, for us to go ahead and be willing to open our mouths. See, Proverbs 11 tells us that the soul who gives freely will be made fat. That means rich. I know nobody in our culture wants to be made fat. Last thing in the world you want to do is it's, it's be made, be made wealthy, be enriched, be increased. And he who waters shall also be watered himself. It's as if we sit there and we turn on when we share what God has done in our lives. We're turning on the sprinkler in somebody else's life, and it's falling on us too. We're watering them, and it is growing us at the exact same time. Now, Revelations tells us. That then I heard a, a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God. And, his, <clears throat> and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of the brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. So here's this accuser. 
That's not one another, even though we can accuse each other here and there. The real accuser is our enemy, Satan, the enemy of our souls. He is the accuser of the brethren. And he's going at it day and night. He's trying to convince you that you're, even though you're connected with God, that you're not connected with God. He's going to accuse you of all of these different things and and make you feel guilty even though we've been been freed in Christ. And here we are. Here's an understanding that we have to have in verse 11. That they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They overcome Jesus Christ, remembering what Jesus did. That's why we have communion on a regular basis. We are remembering. We, it says we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes when we have communion together. And we remember the body and we remember the blood that was broken and spilled on our behalf. It is this declaration of what he's done and it is this place of remembrance. But also there is this place when we share our testimony where we begin to overcome. We remember, oh, well, well, wait a second. I'm feeling accused on this front. No, no, no. No, no, no. I remember the moment that I made my decision that I was leaving that life behind and I was embracing the life that God gave me. And all of a sudden, whoosh, the weight can begin to lift. When we remember, it becomes this weapon in our arsenal of begin to push that stuff off. It says that they overcame. They beat back the accuser of the brethren. By opening our mouths and sharing our God story. 1 John 5, 11 says, And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. That is our testimony. God's given us life. We just share with other folks where God's brought life in. Some of us have a testimony of, of restored relationships. Maybe restored parent-child relationship. Maybe a parent walked out and God was able to bring that back and have a healthy relationship. Sometimes it's relationships within uh, uh, spouses. Sometimes it, it may be on, on a, a physical restoration and share what God had done with, with in an area of physical healing. Maybe it's on uh, somebody battling depression and not being able to break loose of just these gloomy thoughts and that true joy come in. God has done different things in different people's lives. And God wants to be able to utilize that. God wants to be able to, for us to be able to make that happen. Just what we do on, uh, we take a group through every spring and, and we go down to Enchanted Rock. And there's this one little place called, called the Snake Hole. And it's really not so much a cave. Over there, everybody calls it a cave. It's just a bunch of rocks kind of leaning against each other but it's dark and um gone through it i've gone through it a ridiculous number of times and we take people through that people going through these dark uh, scary lots of twist and turn place and um inevitably when you take a group of people you'll get halfway through and somebody freaks out and is just convinced that we're you know we're not getting out of here and those that of us that have been through it say, no, 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 there is light on the other end of this. I have, I've been through this, you know, and then they coach the other ones through and we get it through. That is part of, it comes back to this fellowship thing. These are all connected. 
There's something that you have been through. There's something that you have gone through and you've been in the dark place and seen the light at the end of the tunnel and God can use you to help walk somebody through that place. And guess what? In the middle of your darkness, there's somebody who's been through it. There's somebody who's been through that place and God can, can use their God story in your life. That is what this is about, is God knitting us together. Knitting us together, the body of Christ, and then reaching out and grafting more people in. And it's all through the work that he does in your and our lives. We just have to be willing to share it. <clears throat> Witnessing is one of those things. It, it keeps us in a place of understanding that God's love is so big that it includes us, and yet so big that it does not stop with us. Sharing with others about all that God is doing in our lives is one of those things that keeps us growing. And it is a crucial part of a move forward kind of life. It's, it's just, it's, it really is that simple. Sharing our faith and being a witness and sharing it, it doesn't have to be this scary, heavy thing. It's just when those opportunities show up, just being willing to share about it and to talk about it. And this morning, we want to make sure that if there's those that are disconnected from God, that you, your, your God story can have an awesome moment right now. 